It's talking about what does it look like to cultivate friendships with, with other guys? What does it look like to not see that as an optional extra or a luxury, but something intentionally to pursue and to, to make time for? Welcome to season two of the Gospel Coach Podcast. Our aim in these podcasts is to empower you, the Gospel Coach, in ongoing ministry of the Gospel through coaching others. We'll share examples of our own learned experiences, as well as invite different guest coaches to share what they are utilizing to advance the Gospel with their coachees around the globe. I'm your host, Jim Moon Jr., alongside the pioneer of gospel coaching and founder and president of CMM, Dr. Tom Wood. Tom began gospel coaching and creating the cross-conversation model more than 15 years ago and began training other gospel coaches in the USA in 2009. And since then, it's spread from Atlanta to the nations around the globe, not only coaching, but training gospel coach trainers. Be sure to listen to the other amazing conversations and helpful reminders from season one. So now we continue with more important topics for your coaching ministry and cross-pollinating ideas and insights in gospel coaching practices from other regions. Well, it's good to have uh, Matt Waldock back at uh, the the worldwide headquarters of Church Multiplication Ministries and uh, the Gospel uh, Coaching Network uh, on our Gospel Coach podcast. Matt, it's great to have you back in in uh, in the offices with us. It's good to see you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Hi, Tom. Hi, Jim. Hi, everyone. Yeah, great to be back. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's good weather today. I hope you hope you're enjoying this because you live on a very cold island. This is Manchester weather. Oh, it is. So I, you know, I am home from home. The skies are grey. It drizzled a little bit this morning when I was driving over. It did. Here. Yes. <laughs> it was, it was I was very wetter. familiar. I was very comfortable with yeah. this. It was you didn't nice. even need an umbrella, though, did you? Not no, no, no. So anyway, it's good to have you back. Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your time here in the in the U.S. Uh, I think you're headed back tomorrow or something, but. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and Jackie's uh, been good. and Yeah, she's looking forward to me coming home. I think Ruben's looking forward to the presents I'm bringing home. Oh, great. But, uh, but either way, I, I am looking forward to going home as well. Do you like the U.S.? Do you like? Yeah, I really like it. I was saying to someone, you know, the thing that would persuade me uh, to come over kind of permanently was half and half. We don't have that in the U.K. <laughs> <laughs> That's a low bar, man. <laughs> Is it? Is it? I love it. I, it's just, it's, it's like wonderful. I feel like, you know. The coffee half and half, huh? Yeah. It's like a kid being allowed access to the cookie jar. And I'm looking at people when I've had the kind of the half and half and like, am I allowed to use this? <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to ration this off me. It's great. I love that. Man, you have I a low bar. That. I was asked once uh, a couple of years, uh, several years back now, a guy was asking me if uh, I would consider, uh, they were looking at a, at a pastor for their church and um and said have you you know would you ever consider being the pastor i said yeah my bar is much higher than yours so it wasn't <laughs> half and half i said yeah you know a six-figure income and a and a beach on the uh, a house on the beach uh that might that might pull me away from atlanta but that's so I, you are a much more sanctified man <laughs> than, than me 
uh, or far more superficial. Or, yeah, for a, half for a half. type of milk. And unfortunately, you can't like scurry that back to the UK. You no, can't take, buy a thing of half and half. And sadly, not. Well, that's the reason. That's the reason. Actually, you know, I'd, I'd have to come to the US permanently if I wanted to indulge in in that. But. Do you know that you could make your own in the UK? You get cream. Do you know it would probably I would I would love it, but I would probably die pretty quick if I moved over to the US. But I enjoy you being would over die quickly by being in the US. Well, no. just that half and half no. all the time, right? Because I'm not healthy. sure it's healthy. Is right. it healthy for you? You know, it tastes so good. Yeah. Nothing nothing that tastes that good can be healthy, surely. I don't even know where to go with that. So we're <laughs> we're gonna move on. Anyway. Um uh, it is it is good to have you here. We we uh, I want to talk I want to talk to you today. Jim and I want to talk to you today about this in a conversation. It's actually from one of the continue workshops. So if you're if you're a gospel coach and you've been through the training and you've gone through not just foundations and then you did your trihort and then you came to a continue workshop, uh, we talked about the different kinds of relationships that we think uh, people need to flourish in life, and they involve all sorts of different people, uh, teachers and mentors and coaches and uh, as as friends and close friends and other acquaintances in your life in order to flourish. And uh, in, in relationship to church planters, as we're coaching them, we encourage them, obviously, to have a coach if we're coaching them. It's like, keep us, keep us engaged with you. We think that will help you. But uh, have you... Have you looked at other relationships or considered other relationships? Like, what have you found for your own life? You're a pastor, your own life. What are some of the key relationships that help you flourish in life? Uh, I know a coach came later in your journey, but mm -hmm. what other relationships have you found helpful? Well, I, I guess, you know, key close relationships would obviously be, for me particularly, and being married, my wife, relationship with my son, Ruben, you know, when that isn't going well, the impact on my ministry as a pastor is is really felt, really felt. The, the two go hand in hand. Um, I feel it, but I, I hear a lot of the time, actually, the loneliness of pastors. And so one of the friend, friendship piece is going to be a conversation that I'm having a lot with pastors and, and planters talking about what does it look like to cultivate friendships with, with other guys? What does it look like to not see that as an optional extra or a luxury, but something intentionally to pursue and to, to make time for? I think there's, there's something tragic that we often taste in ministry the the joy, the wonder of friendship when we go to a conference and we realize how good it is and we realize, oh, I love this. It was so good to see these people again. Oh, we should catch up. We should do this, you know, up in. And then you, you don't see them again until the next conference, maybe a year later. And that's a tragedy. That's a real tragedy. And I think for a lot of pastors, that is a relational deficit that we talk about a lot in the UK. Yeah. It's a lot like those guys are allies. They're contemporaries they're going through similar things but they're in such a different field mm. in such a different location it's it's hard to you know meet at the fence and yeah. catch up right yeah yeah like, yeah uh, like we could yeah have, uh, as, as you coach as well what other kinds of relationships do you encourage guys to pursue as far as uh 
for their own yeah. vitality. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm going to be encouraging them to, to look for good teachers in their lives who's going to be pouring into them, you know, whether it be skills or content in a particular way that they, they need. Um, that isn't what I'm offering when I'm coaching. Right. Um, and so I'm, one of the things that we talk about is actually if you want to move the needle on a particular thing, is there a teacher? Is there a source of that information? Is there an expert, well, an I guess expert, as you yeah. taught it, that right. they, they need to have in their relationship? Right. From the smarter strategies. Yeah. The e there. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's a common one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I find um, a lot of guys get stuck on that one because it's almost like if I don't have that within me, if I didn't pick that up at seminary, if I can't find it in my notes or if I don't have the book on the shelf, then it is unattainable. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So actually you do have to intentionally be saying to people, go find, you know, who do you know who is actually, who, who's doing this or you've seen is doing this or you think could help you Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because in, you know, we say it in the training, coaches are not experts yeah. necessarily. You know, I'm, I'm more experienced perhaps. Mm-hmm. And occasionally as a coach, you can offer some, some things that help someone gain knowledge mm-hmm. or skill. But uh, finding people outside of that yeah. relationship is essential. That kind of question of kind of like for, for where you feel like you have a deficit of knowledge or skill, uh, who have you seen? who you think does that really well, um, you know, who has inspired you to even be thinking that you need to skill up right? and, and just f- follow the trail back to, well, could you speak to that person? Could you drop them a, a message and, and see whether they would meet up or at least share some of their resources uh, with you? Yeah. And as a coach, and by when are you going to get that well, done? Well, precisely. <laughs> that is an easy gimme when it comes to objectives. Yeah, we, really <laughs> are, we have to do that one, right? Yeah. Because we're going to talk about it next time. What about uh, what about the difference between mentoring? Tom and I talk about this. People always ask in our training. You know, what's the difference between coaching and mentoring? How how do you see that? Um, what's your take on it? And um, yeah, I'm just curious if it's different where you are. Well, I'm I'm curious actually. Before I answer, throw back to you because I wonder whether there is some translation difference on this between US and UK. So, what would you say mentoring is from a US perspective? Well, we've also found this to be true when we've gone to Cuba with coaching, Jim. You know, they they did not like the word coach culturally, and so uh, and they've chosen the words mentorio, right, or mentor for for mentor. Yeah, yeah. In in some contexts, a coach is a sports person who is more mm-hmm. like an agent who okay. you know who manipulates the system and is really in it for their own success and they're trying to get particularly baseball players etc cetera, etc cetera. so cuba the dominican republic is not a as favorable of a term yeah but in the in the US you know we get us this question what's mentoring and, and I'll, I'll I'll just tell you what I think Tom's done written more about it than I have I I see a distinction in the intentionality. Yeah. You know, we say gospel coaching is an intentional, gospel-focused conversation, so there's a regularity to it. So when in my mind, when somebody says, hey, would you, would you mentor me or could we meet? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not their coach. They're not hiring me or arranging something formal. So to me, that's automatically in the mentoring category, mm-hmm. right? So there's time related to it. Yeah. 
Um, you know, again, we we talk about this is for a a, a coachee's relational, personal, missional, and yeah. spiritual life. So that's pretty much everything or anything, but it's different. Tom, how, how do you define it differently? So I was watching this uh, YouTube video of this very successful, uh, well-known, respected coach. Uh, and he, he was talking about how coaching is, is uh, he was talking about the difference between coaching and mentoring. And uh, he said, the person that you're mentoring doesn't have any idea what the answers are. So mentoring is, is, uh, is pouring into somebody. And a coach, is, his job is just to draw them out because they have the answer within them. And so you have to, you have to draw them out. And, um, you know, I, either the person knows or the person doesn't know. I mean, it does, how, how do, if, the, if the person doesn't know, and you say, well, they don't know, so now I'm going to be a mentor to them. But then you, but then, then you turn around and say, well, I'm going to coach this person because he knows. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you're playing with words in my mind. Yeah. Um, to me, a gospel mentoring—I don't know about mentoring, but gospel mentoring—it's it's this trusted relationship between an experienced mentor, mature person, and a maturing mentoree, and it involves a more holistic. Mm-hmm. holistic part of their life um it can it can take the range of of all sorts of different issues that are coming up and you could have a structured mentoring relationship or you could do like jim was just saying a, a non-structured kind of relationship i think you can use i think there are mentors that you meet periodically with annually and uh, i think there's i think some mentors of mine have been, they're, they're dead people. You know, I read yeah. their books and they're mentoring me, you know, mm-hmm. um, by the way they live life or the way that they, they did things. I, I have a couple of men who are mentors of mine now who are into their 80s and 90s. Um, but, but coaching um, to me is, is, is this intentional relationship that's structured around some kind of a role or a function that the person is involved with. And I'm helping them move along. But, Anyway, those, those are my thoughts on it. That's helpful. And I, I wonder, you know, I don't want to speak, you know, for all UK culture on that one, but I wonder whether mentoring my side of the Atlantic probably has connotations of kind of holistic advice giving. You know, you've got that age and experience dynamic has to be in play. It's strange, almost impossible to think of a mentoring relationship with a, a younger inexperienced person pouring into an older experienced person that makes no sense of that relationship but also it's uh it's less drawing things out it's less helping that person apply things and figure it out get there themselves it's more kind of i've been through it uh you're going through it or will go through it. Let me tell you what I've learned. Therefore, let yeah, me tell you what you ought sense. to do. Yeah, that's a ment- mentoring. Yeah, that's yeah. a mentoring relationship. Yeah, and I think that that would probably be what people in the U.S. would, or people yeah. in that industry would say. Yeah, mentoring is a very telling kind yeah. of, I'm going to tell you what that's I've right. learned or I'm going to tell you how I did it. Yeah. yeah, and that's very distinct from coaching. Right. Right, it's, uh, in, in fact, the, the most recent training that we had in Edinburgh, the it was question number one. Like we had only been going for five minutes. We'd done introductions and hand up. What's the difference between gospel coaching and mentoring? And, you know, we trained all you trainers to not answer that question on the first day and just say, well, 
by the end of this time, you'll have experienced coaching. And then let's come back to that mm-hmm. at the end. Because you, particularly if you're listening to this podcast and you've never been through our training, you may be trying to piece this together. And it's just a, a really, I think that's a point of invitation. If you're curious about what gospel coaching is, then you need to come to our training yeah. and experience it for yourself or hire one of our people uh, or get into a relationship with someone who's been trained by yeah. us. That really clarifies the distinction that I think we we get pretty well. CMM is in the church vitality business. They work in four spheres. One of the spheres is with individuals through gospel coaching. CMM's professional team of coaches are deeply invested in the lives of the leaders they coach. They also partner with missionally aligned national and global networks or church ecosystems by providing gospel coach training that produces both indigenous coaches and gospel coaching trainers. If you have not been gospel coached, you are invited to contact them at cmmnet.org and they can connect you with one of their seasoned veterans. If you are part of a church ecosystem, CMM wants you to know that they can help you prepare both coaches and gospel coach trainers so you can raise up the new generation of coaches that are needed to grow healthy reproducing churches in your network, region, or country. Again, you can contact CMM on their website at cmmnet.org. The, the other question that we get frequently, because we have had a number of counselors come through our training, is what's the difference between counseling and gospel coaching? So I, I wonder uh, which one of you wants to take that question. Matt, you get it, uh, you get it first. Tom just pointed at you. What, what's the he difference? Me. Yeah, he did, yeah. You're nominated. <laughs> you have a council run staff now, don't you, at your church? Yeah, we do. We've been fortunate. It's kind of enough. a rare thing. In the oh, UK. really rare. I mean, um, uh, a married couple who are very experienced um, uh, psychiatric uh, consultants have volunteered their time to do biblical counseling, which they're also trained on. Uh, how, is, how is it different? I think the focus of counseling is just far more narrow and not so kind of role or functionally orientated. Um, you know, we were talking about earlier and uh, about some of these things, and I do think with counseling, you're often identifying an emotional obstacle or some form of obstacle that's impacting one's emotions that is causing detriment to to lots of other areas of life and and your role from a biblical counseling perspective is to apply the gospel to that in order for that person to have a healthier emotional trajectory that is quite a narrow remit compared with coaching which which looks at a number of different roles and how do you move people to um, do well in those roles move forward healthily in those roles if you identify an area where there is some sort of blockage, emotional blockage, something that's causing a real issue that's hindering that person in that area, then you would recommend them find a counsellor rather than be a counsellor yourself to them. Because you're doing two different things, very different things. Right. That's when we recognize the need to refer. Yeah. Right. Right. So, Tom, you and I have 
talked around the office at times about how, um, how the difference between counseling and pastoral counseling even. Can you put some details on that? Yeah, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure pastoral counseling is being done anymore. I, um, you know, as I'm an old guy now. So when I went to grad school, seminary, you know, we had lots of courses in pastoral counseling. Um, and uh, because pastor, that's what pastors did. I mean, our job was to preach, teach Bible studies, and to shepherd or counsel your people. And they came to you for counseling. I mean, it was it was extremely... It was an extraordinary time for somebody. If they had to go see a counselor, I mean, it was like like that was beyond your scope. You know, that was like some kind of an addiction or something that was just there was no way you could help them, and so they had to go see somebody. But um, but people came to their pastor for counseling. Mar couples came. I I've done a lot of marriage counseling. Um, I'm I'm not sure that's a I'm not sure that's maybe it is. Um, what I'm finding is most pastors when their people come to them for counseling, if they even let them come for counseling, uh, come to them for help, they tell their people, you need to go see a counselor. And they, they refer them out. So, um, but yeah, I like Matt. I, I think you're right. I think the whole idea of counseling for us as coaches is to, if there is, we're not counselors. And so mm -hmm. we should be referring them or Maybe go tell them to go see their pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're counsel we're we're coaching mostly pastors, so I guess they don't even have pastors. But uh, and and I wonder some of these issues. You know, some issues maybe they they just don't they need a mentor. They don't have an old enough an older person in their life. Mm -hmm. um, so, quick story: the one of the guys that is has been a mentor to me is in his nine is ninety, and uh, in one of my conversations with him. Recently, he'd said to me, he was just turning 90, and he said, he said, uh, Tom, I believe my most productive years have been in the last 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I said, that's what I said. Wait a minute. So I have to wait till I'm 70 before I get productive? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just ruined my life, man. I mean, you know, this is not something I can look forward to. And he's so then he went on to explain what he meant. And he meant it in a very positive way that, you know, yeah, he's he had more wisdom. Yeah. You know, and he could pass more wisdom along at the age of 70. So so, you know, maybe some of these pastors that, you know, we say we refer them out. Maybe it's not just counseling. Maybe it's, hey, is there, is there an older man in your life, you know, an older sage pastor who maybe is retired? I think that's really, really helpful as a, as a point to make for coaches to remember because the, the, the temptation will always be for a coach, the pressure that feels that we have to be everything to, the, to our coachee. And actually, what we're talking about in this session is, no, 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 actually, you need that constellation of different relationships um, all around you. And actually, where the coach can really be beneficial is helping that person identify which relationships in the constellation do they need to invest in or actually find, initiate or develop. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and there are a lot of factors in, in today, like we talked about last time you were here that really are challenging to today's church planters and pastors. Uh, we mentioned uh, the loneliness. Yeah. Or maybe that was a conversation we had afterwards. I can't remember, but 
there's a lot of isolation, right? And that is something that a coach cannot fulfill, right? But we need to help coaches, pastors, church planters, church leaders, Christian leaders, all recognize you need a, a, a constellation, that's exactly what we call it, a constellation of relationships. People who know you well, people who knew you before you were a church planter, I find that those are very fun relationships to, uh, to, to maintain when they knew you and you were not Pastor Matt or Pastor Jim or Pastor Tom. You were just just that guy that went to uni, right? Or yeah, yeah, seminary absolutely. or, you know. Well, Matt, as always, it's a, a joy to have you in the office and uh, to spend time with you, connect, get your perspective on things. It's been great to be here. Thank yeah, you for having me back. I'm really glad you were here. Yeah, I hope that, uh, I guess the next time I'll see you would be over in England. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. So uh, we, won't, we won't see you for, through the holidays. So uh, anyway, it's good to have you. Thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed your time here in the U.S. And uh, hopefully before you leave, uh, you'll get another shot at half and half. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining us. Remember, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment or a story to share, send us a note via gospelcoachnetwork at gmail.com.